Today is the, tw- <coughs> the 16th of January, 2021. It's now 29 years since uh, Lumpur Chah passed away. A devout elderly lady from a nearby province came on a pilgrimage to Wapapong. She told Ajahn Chah she could stay only a short time she had to return to take care of her grandchildren. And, since she was an old lady, she asked if, she, if he could please give her a brief Dhamma talk. Ajahn Chah replied with great force, Hey, listen, there's no one here, just this. No owner, no one to be old, to be young, to be good or bad, weak or strong. Just this, that's all. Just various elements of nature going their own way, all empty. No one born and no one to die. Those who speak of birth and death are speaking the language of ignorant children. In the language of the heart, of Dhamma, there are no such things as birth and death. This day is a a good opportunity to reflect on this kind of direct teaching. Even though we say Lumpur Chah passed away 29 years ago, 1992, what really happened? If we take those words seriously, Those who speak of birth and death are using the language of ignorant children. It's a powerful statement. This is a good opportunity to take these words to heart. The mind is so habitually identified with births and deaths How old we are. I'm 64 years old. I was born in England. This is my name, my age, my story. And we define a life. Here is the birth date, here is the death date. These seem so real, so solid, so factual. But where is Lumpur speaking from when he says those who speak of birth and death are using the language of ignorant children? In the language of Dhamma, there's no such thing. This is a real Dhamma talk. It's the Dhamma speaking, as it were. A voice coming from that place where there is no time. It's Akaliko. Apparent here and now, Sanditiko. To reflect in this way is to challenge very directly, very clearly, 
the habits of self-view, the habits of conceit, mana. How solid and real, inarguable it seems that I am this person, I was born. I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm old, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm sick. This is my name, this is my family. The reason why stream entry is called a change of lineage, the gotrabu, the gotra, your, your lineage changes from being, these are my biological parents, this is where I came from. There's a change of vision, a revisioning to see that more accurately, the source of what we are, what is, is the Dhamma itself. Born of the Dhamma, Dhamma Jati, rather than born of Mr. and Mrs. Horner, whoever our parents might have been. It's a change of heart, a change of view. And the work of practicing the Dhamma is actualizing that change, seeing things differently, challenging the habitual ways of our conditioning, the way we think, the way we speak, the patterns of memory and expectation, the history we tell ourselves, the way we map the world around us, the people around us, our family, the community here at Amravati, the society, the United Kingdom, Europe, the world, challenging those ways of mapping things, arranging things, to see through that, because they're empty. There's no real thing there built up out of human agreements and conditioning, we create this name, this story, this age, this life. But as Lumpur Chah puts it in this very direct and blunt way, this is the language of ignorant children. Not seeing in a, a mature or fully realistic way Yes, there are these conditions of these, these lives, the names written in documents, passports, identity cards, but that cannot be the whole story. In the language of Dhamma, seen with the eye of Dhamma, these things are void of substance, sunya, they're empty. The development of insight, vipassana, is built around this challenging of attachment and identification with the five khandhas. The I am the body, I am the personality. That's the very first of the, the ten fetters, the obstacles to, to liberation. Sakayaditi, self-view. 
I am a body. I'm a woman, I'm a man. I'm so many years old. I'm thin, I'm medium-sized, I'm large, I'm short, I'm tall. I'm dark, I'm light, I'm healthy, I'm sick. All those I am's is Sakaya Ditti, the view of the real body. Sa, true or real, Kaya, body, Ditti, the view. So Vipassana meditation, the development of inquiry, exploration, investigation, challenges those assumptions, deliberately says, is that so? That which knows masculinity, is that male? That which knows femininity, is that female? That which knows the human form, the human life, arising and passing, is that human? Is it a person? The habits of identification with the five khandhas, with the body, with sensations, feelings of pain and pleasure, neutral feelings, perceptions, ideas, moods, emotions, imagination, decision-making, the very act of cognizing, discriminative consciousness, discerning and discriminating between one thing and another. These seem so real, so personal. I feel, I think, I hear, I understand, I don't understand. But I am this person. This is me. As we develop the, the practice, there's a clearer, more complete profound seeing, investigating, feeling, attuning to Dhamma of, of the heart. Those qualities are seen as transparent. That I-ness and me-ness and mine-ness, that ahankara, I-making, and mamankara, mind-making, they're seen as deceptive, like a conjurer's trick. It's a seeming and appearing, but that's just the realm of appearances. And the more that the quality of vipassana is developed, the more that awakened awareness, this quality of, of knowing, of vicha, awakened awareness, is liberated from being identified, being born into, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, feeling, thinking, imagining, remembering, all the different states of consciousness. In the dialogue the Buddha had with the bhikkhu Anuradha, he questions him, says, can you say that the Tathagata is, is the five khandhas? No, Venerable Sir. Can you say that the Tathagata is not the five khandhas? No, Venerable Sir. Can you say that the Tathagata has the five khandhas? 
No, Venerable Sir. Can you say that a Tathagata does not have the five khandhas? No, Venerable Sir. Can you say that a Tathagata is outside the five khandhas? No, Venerable Sir. Can you say that a Tathagata is in the five khandhas? No. Can't say that either. Then the Buddha went on to say, so if the Tathagata cannot be established as, as, as being, as, as having, or located inside or outside the five khandhas, even as he's sitting here in front of you, having this conversation, how much more so is it impossible to talk about the nature of a Tathagata after the death of the body? Words fall down, they collapse, they, they have no value. So if the Tathagata is unapprehendable, here and now, sitting right there in front of the Bhikkhu Anuradha, if you cannot apprehend, cannot really define what that quality of the Buddha, the Buddha, the, the Tathagata, that awakened awareness, you can't pin it down, even as he's sitting there having a conversation, how much more so after the death of the body can nothing be said? In his conversation with Vachagota, the Buddha made it even more clear. He said, that material form where one trying to describe the Tathagata would describe him, that aspect of the body that's been cut off of the root, made like a palm tree stump, deprived of the conditions for existence and rendered incapable of arising in the future. Those feelings, the Vedana, Sanya, those perceptions whereby someone trying to define or describe the Tathagata would describe him. They've been cut off, let go of. Mental formations and consciousness, all of it. All of the five khandhas, they've been let go of. Cut off at the root, made like a palm tree stump deprived of the conditions for existence, rendered incapable of arising in the future. Just like Ajahn Chah talking with an elderly visitor, talking about birth and death is talking in terms of the five khandhas. Speaking from the place of Dhamma, from that realization of Dhamma, then there's no way of defining that reality in terms of the five khandhas. And in that dialogue with Vajjagata, the Buddha goes on to say, the Tathagata is profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean. So that quality is, is present, that knowing that nature of the Tathagata is present, infinite, profound, but not definable in terms of our usual reference points of time and personality, location. All those reference points have to be let go of.
So when we say that Lumpucha passed away, say, well, the body died. But uh, for a long time, the mind, the heart, had ceased to be identified, attached to the body, the five khandhas. So the body passed away, the body died, the elements broke up, and we greatly respect the life, the incredible wisdom and kindness that Lumpur Chah brought into the world. But when people ask, well, where has he gone? Then the only appropriate answer is to say, well, where does not apply? He does not apply. Gone doesn't apply. Time, space, individuality, they fall apart. They belong in the realm of the conditioned forms, the realm of birth and death. The heart is awakened to its own nature as Dhamma. It's a calico, timeless. Unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed. Our imagination doesn't have the language, doesn't have the forms to describe that. It's literally unimaginable, unimageable. The mind can't create an image. In his dialogue with Upasiva, the Buddha said, one who has reached the end like this, the passing away of an enlightened being, they have no criterion by which they can be measured. That which can be spoken of is no more. The body, the personality. You cannot say they do not exist. But when all modes of being, all phenomena have been removed, all means of speaking have gone too. Time doesn't apply. Location doesn't apply. Identity doesn't apply. So this is one of the reasons why the Buddha never used any kind of description or concept or talked about, quote, what happens to an enlightened being at the death of the body. He just let, he just let language run out at the border. Do the work necessary to arrive at that quality of realization in this life, and the rest takes care of itself. No description, no idea, no imagery is necessary. That we can use today as an opportunity to reflect on the life and teachings of Lumpur Chah, our inheritance that we've received from him, but also to use this as an opportunity to look at how we create this life of ours, our name, our story, our body, our feelings, our perceptions, how solid and how real we make them. The ups and downs we experience, all the births and deaths, how solid, how real, how valid they seem. But to take Lumpur Chah's words to heart, to speak of birth and death is to use the language of ignorant children. Yes, we have ups and downs. Yes, there's pain and pleasure. Things begin and end. 
when the heart embodies its own nature as Dhamma, all that is seen in perspective. It knows birth and death, but it's not limited by birth and death. It knows pleasure and pain, gain and loss, praise and criticism, but it's not bound or defined by any of that. It's awake, totally free, perfectly peaceful. <laughs> 